This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. All right, welcome back, everybody. We're here to talk a little bit about WandaVision Episode 7. And uh, we got Daniel here tonight. We're going to make Daniel explain all of the hard stuff to us. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'll try. I'll do my best. But well, uh, If you can explain it, then we're all doomed. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, it's... Easy to explain and hard to hard to wrap your head around. So, but we'll we'll try. I'll tell y'all what I what I know. All right. Well, just for starters, like compared to the rest of the season, what did y'all think about this episode? Not everybody talk at once. I mean, I think it's been. <laughs> uh, I think it's been one of the better episodes, which is saying a lot because every episode has been amazing. The I haven't really sat down and thought about like which episodes are the best. I just, I've just been enjoying it as it goes along. But I thought it was great. The big reveal at the end was great. I mean, it's the, it's the big twist everybody saw coming, but it still was very satisfying. I, I love Agnes's own theme song and her little intro and everything. Um, I like Darcy and Vision together. I think that that was great stuff. This might be one of the funnier episodes. I love the sort of modern family slash office thing that got going on. It was so the the intro was very obviously like office. That was almost exactly the same as the office jingle. But then the actual content of the episode was more with something like modern family where they are not filming it like a documentary. It's filmed like a sitcom, but then you also have the, the interviews while in the office, yeah. it would have been like a documentary interview. And Kevin Feige has said, there's going to be an office episode. I'm, I'm pretty sure this was it, which oh, I was yeah. kind of hoping for like an actual documentary style episode. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would have really enjoyed to see something like that, but I'll take what I can get. I still think this was great. I think that Wanda is at her funniest in this episode. Like, I really think this might be the funniest episode. I, I laughed out loud a lot. There were a lot of great gags, and I loved the interviews. I loved everything about this episode, except mm-hmm. for when the end credits roll. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's hard to know which episode is, you know, is a favorite. Like, I mean, they've all been good. They keep getting better in a lot of ways, but it's like, it's like every week I walk away and go, man, that was the best one they've done yet, but it's really... Because they're they're giving you pieces of information, and you feel you feel gratified. You're you're satisfied with the information you've got by the time it's over. Yeah, and I think um, that helps with with the way you feel about it by the time it ends. What were you about to say? No, I don't remember. Hmm. I'm sure it was super important. How'd you feel about this episode, Daniel? Uh, I do think it was the best episode, uh, far and away, actually. Um. And the, like David said, it's the reveal we all knew was coming. I will admit, though, that while I was on that bandwagon at first, Mm -hmm. 
I fell into the trap of mm -hmm. thinking that they were just giving us little Easter eggs and little nods to these characters. And they, and none of these are really, I had really fallen into the trap of despite the clues mm -hmm. with the brooch and the name and the rabbit's name is Mr. Scratchy. And, you know, people who know the comics, that character's son's name is, is his last name is scratch. And I just, I sort of, and then the witch costume and Halloween, I fell into the trap of, of belief, starting beginning to believe that all that was just little nods to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't anything to it because they had given us clues about other characters mm -hmm. in past episodes and then disproved those theories. Right. So that's why I, I, I even posted on Twitter about it, this show being the master of red herrings. They had really, they had thrown me off my original theory. Absolutely. Just to bring me back into it. And I, and I loved it. And, you know, I think a well, lot of really people... Got... Okay. No, I'm sorry. You go ahead. I, I think there's a little bit of a lag. <laughs> um... uh, I really... I think... Um... Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I think what really got me was last week whenever Agnes acted like she was out of it with Vision. Uh, yep. When she was in the car, that got me. And I literally said on last week's uh, reaction, I said, either she's a really good actress or she actually is under water's control. Mm -hmm. Turns out she was a really good actress. That's what mm -hmm. got me. So, yeah, I was up until last episode, I was fully on it. Then I was thrown off. I was like, nope, Agnes is nothing. But, yeah. And then it came right back around. Great pacing in that sense. Yes. Lots of people, I think, really did. Because initially people, as soon as the first trailer came out and she was in a witch costume, you know, people started throwing around um, Agatha Harkness. But I think as the series went on, like you said, they kind of dropped a lot of things. They like, made you think, oh, this is going to be a thing. And then it wasn't. And, and so they did a really good job of like, well, yes, a lot of people called it over the course of the show. I think a lot of people like you, um, like you guys, had been sort of talked out of it almost by the time they actually revealed it. Um, yeah. And of course I didn't know the character to start with, so I didn't really have a, a horse in that race, um, but they did, they did such a good job with that. Yeah. It, it's, it's kind of wild. I mean, it's just, it's one thing after another and it's just, they keep revealing more and more. And, um, but so we had some other stuff going on, you know, I, David mentioned the stuff with Darcy. I mean, clearly we have what appears to be Wanda keeping vision from making it back to back home because she wants a day off right. of answering. Vision <laughs> questions. So but now I'm thinking it might be Agnes. I think it might've been Agnes though. It, it could be. It's hard to tell at this point because we don't know how far Wanda has been manipulated. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. But you could tell, I mean, the whole the whole point of the episode and a lot of the comedy played on the fact that Wanda is just really stressed out and tired and depressed and just needed a break. So, like you were alluding to, there is something to the idea that she was keeping Vision out of the house for a day. Yeah. Um, I mean, what did y'all think about I mean, okay, so I, we have a big moment here. We actually kind of talked about it a couple of weeks ago. We weren't all on the same page. But it appears that Monica Rambeau got her powers. 
you know, and as presumably that's that's a permanent thing. I um, mean, you know, we got the little nod a couple of weeks ago about her DNA being altered, and um, and it, it makes sense. I mean, it, it would have made a lot of sense to have waited and done that in Captain Marvel when that when that movie comes out, but this works even better. You know, the whole idea of and, and they even played the clip during her transformation of, you know, when you come back, I'll fly out and meet you halfway. You know, we're, yeah. we're starting to, to fill in all the gaps, but um, I mean, what did y'all think? I mean, I'm, I'm more invested in, at this point, I'm more invested in Monica Rambo than I ever was in, in Captain Marvel. Yeah. By the end of episode one, I was more invested in Monica Rambeau than I was in and Carol Danvers. And and I don't mean to knock Carol Danvers. Like I liked her well enough. Yeah. But Monica Rambeau is just so uh charming and entertaining. And I I, I really like everything about her character. I think she'll be a great <clears throat> superhero. Like she's the perfect person to become a superhero. And I'm really excited to see her in the movie. I'm going to go into Captain Marvel 2 now. I, Captain Marvel 2 is one of those movies that I wouldn't have seen except for the fact that it's in the MCU. Now I actually want to see it because well, of Monica Rambeau. So well, that's, that's, Monica that's the Rambeau biggest strength of the show so far. Right. And you're also getting Miss Marvel in that as well. Exactly, and I can't wait to see her in her own show. That's going to be probably both of those characters are going to oversh- overshadow Carol. Dan- but to me, they overshadow Carol in the comics too. Well, at least Miss Marvel does. I actually haven't read much Monica Rambo, uh, but Miss Marvel overshadows her, and, and so that's just maybe it's just the characters I connect to. I don't know, um, but I mean, that's if anything, this show has given us a great new superhero to push the MCU forward with. All right, so big the, the big question, the remaining question, I mean, there's still a lot of stuff going on we don't know. We don't know exactly what Agnes is up to, other than she was currently using Pietro or whoever the stand-in is to try to find out how Wanda is controlling everything. But is there somebody bigger still pulling the strings? Well... But that's kind of still the question we're left with is, is Agatha actually put on the strings? And, or is she just be playing Wanda to figure out what's going on? Like that was really, I was thinking about that earlier. We still don't really know what her motives are. Right. Um, and actually, I may be reading too much into the theme they chose to use for her. I mean, clearly she's a gray character at best. I mean, she did kill. And she's dog. a gray character in the, in the books as well. Okay, because she did admittedly kill the dog. She killed the dog. Mm-hmm. So that was it. She, That's the final straw. That's the whole so she's not good, but they used the monsters as yep. her theme, which is an interesting one because you, ba- you know, the monsters is one that did this thing where they took these characters that look like your classic movie monster villains, but they're good. So they're, they're, they're these characters that at first look, they look like they're supposed to be the monsters, but but they're not. Mm-hmm. Which makes me, and I'm, like I said, I may be reading totally too much into what they chose to use for her theme, 
but it really makes me wonder if there's more to her than just being there to be the villain. Unless it's supposed to kind of be the opposite thing. She looks innocuous, but she's really dangerous. It could kind of be. The, well, I think she is. I think, that, I mean, that's the thing though. I think she is dangerous, but right. it's, is she, I think the question is, is not, evil? is she good or evil, but is she this like gray area character who's trying to figure out what the heck's happening mm-hmm. or right. is she bad? Is she yeah, there's still the question of Mephisto or whoever yeah. else might be lurking? Right. There's still, in the there's long still the run, question is she of Jimmy actually Lou's trying to help? Protection. Yeah. Yeah. Could she be the person who was in witness protection program? Right. We may never get that answered. That witness, the witness protection thing, really may just have been a plot device just to get Jimmy there. True. It might not mean anything to the show. That's true, but the right. The writing's been so good so far that I think it's. I think that's unlikely. I think it's got to come right. be brought up. David. The, I, I think it shows up eventually. But the the question with with Agatha is still, like I said, I don't know her motives. Mm-hmm. Is she actually ultimately trying to help? Like she's gonna figure out what's going on so she can help Wanda and get out. Because in the books, this character actually is a mentor to Wanda. That's the role she plays in Wanda's life um, up until the point Wanda kind of killed her. But anyway, <laughs> they, she, she's the one who first she's the one who first explained it to Wanda that her her abilities are actually to control the how do I explain this to con- control the, the magical the magic surrounding the probabilities, if that makes any sense. Okay. And and that's where it came from as a hex power. Cause very early on she would do what she called putting a hex on somebody and she could make bad luck happen to them more or less. Mm-hmm. So it was like a hex mm-hmm. and she was magically controlling the probability fields for that person. And Agatha was the first person to explain it to her that way and teach her how to use her abilities from a magical point of view. So she has been a mentor character to Wanda in the past. She's also, she was also the character to wipe Wanda's memories about her children, which is why Wanda killed her. So it's a very complicated, Mm -hmm. very gray area character. So we don't know where they're going. That's why she, and that's another reason she was a great character to use because even those of us who know a little bit of the history have no idea which direction you're going with her in this show. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I, I'm assuming, so, so do y'all think that Agatha was already there in Westview or showed up at some point after all of this started? I mean, based I mean, on the theme song, the theme song gives the theme an theme indication theme. that she showed up during. I mean, that's right. The but she has this dungeon under her house that looks extremely old. Maybe it was. And well, we was don't it, know. It, she's it, magical, though, Andrew. She's true. magical. You know, Wanda's right. not the only magical girl in town. Weren't the lyrics of her song like, "It's been Agnes all along." It's been Agatha all along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are we Well, that's 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 the trick. It's been Agatha all along doing the things that Wanda didn't understand how they were happening. Right. Or 
that Agatha, Agatha caused all this in the first place? All of it. Or is Wanda still in control of most of it? Seems like she is. She actually expanded the hex. You know, the hex is obviously created by her powers. Yeah. It's red, not purple. I think, I think, that's a good point, Marisha. I think that if they say that Agatha has been, or, a, or really anybody else, has been completely in control this whole time and have caused the whole thing and wanted nothing wrong at all the whole time, then I think that takes a lot of what made the show, what's making the show really great, takes a lot of that out of it. I like the complexities in her character and the character development and that Wanda can kind of be a gray character and she's a little crazy. Uh, we've seen her snapping and, and, and slowly breaking over these movies. I mean, yeah, she's a hero, but when you really think back on everything she's appeared in, it's not like she's like been a Captain America level of morality. Um, right. She's always kind of just go gone along with the flow. Like we really don't know who she is on the inside that much. If you look at uh, all the all the all of her appearances, and so with the, sh the direction the show was going in, I was kind of one of those people who was in support of it just being Wanda period the whole time. Mm -hmm. I think that now I think it's good. I think it's good from a writing standpoint and from an overall universe standpoint to have someone else influence. You don't want to take one of your like very very few female Avengers and make her and just make her a villain period. But part of me kind of liked that character development, and I think that makes it more interesting than another just superhero. Yeah, but I mean, I like. So I hope the they keep a little that... bit of that. I hope they keep just a little bit yeah. of. She was manipulated, but she still did these bad things. And I think that's really the, the feeling we get from it. Like, she may not have even someone else may have kind of manipulated her into starting this. But at some point she realized what she was doing and she did it on purpose. Like when she threw Monica out of, out of the heck, she did that on purpose. Right. But you I know. think they've given us a clear idea as the show's gone along with each, the last few episodes, I think each episode, they've given us little bits to tell us that Wanda doesn't know exactly how this, she did it, but she doesn't know exactly how it started. Right. And we've talked about that before though. Right. That it's, she had a mental break. Yeah. And and I think a little bit of the opposite of what Marisha was saying a minute ago. I think she she like I just said, she she had a mental break and she started this. Now there have been elements of it that Agatha has manipulated since it started, but this is Wanda's doing. And like we've said before, we're gonna have to see she's she's dealing with a mental illness where she needs help. And like David said, just that character development of just making her that much more complex, really making her more human, more of a real character. Yeah. Um, but we're going to, we're going to see that play out. Yeah. And I mean, we, the thing is I, I went back and actually watched all of the um, Avengers movies with Wanda and vision in them. And man, in age of Ultron, like when Pietro dies, she loses it. And I mean, she just wipes out everything around her. And that was just like the beginning of the tragedy. Um, not, not the beginning of the tragedy in her life, but the beginning of the tragedy that we see. So, I mean, I feel like her hold on her powers and reality kind of together has always been pretty tenuous. Yeah. 
Well, she's becoming more and more powerful. Yeah. Uh, so I guess the next big thing, we keep talking about the hex. Uh, I guess specifically the hexagons that are appearing. Are they just a visual representation of the hex, her, her magical abilities? That's what I think. Okay. I, I, I think it's a way to give us, because we've never... In the MCU, we've never heard her powers referred to as a hex. Right. So I think this was just a way for them to introduce that aspect of it and get that word in there. And like you said, it's just a visual representation of of uh, of what her powers are in the books. Of what they've always the way they've always been referenced. Yeah. And Which I, I think I, is cool. Yeah, I do too. I and I do think that that's it, but I have been looking is at the I saw a theory earlier that the hexagons represent the basic building blocks of the universe, which is what she's able to manipulate. And it's pretty cool. And I, and I liked it because we see it. We we've seen this hexagon. If this was all planned, it just as an, again shows just how deep they thought about some of the stuff in the MCU. But this hexagon actually exists all throughout the MCU. Mm -hmm. uh, now it is, it is an interesting shape to use because it's uh, it's a geometric shape that does exist in nature. And so you do find it everywhere. But um, we see it in the monastery in Doctor Strange where the books are kept. Each of the books is suspended in a hexagon. Um, we see the jump points in Guardians of the Galaxy. When the ships jump, we see hexagons. And uh, so I do kind of like the theory that there's more to it and that it's they've, they've been feeding us this all along and we just never noticed. I could go with that. I mean, you never know. And just the not even having to stretch it out into the wider MCU, the brilliance of the structure of this show uh, for the rest of my life anything jack schaefer and max back matt shankman's names are attached to i'm watching yeah this no, it's is just been that brilliant yeah for sure um, any other thoughts? David, did you have any thoughts on the hexagons? Uh, it's, honestly, it's not even something that I, that really stood out to me. I just kind of, oh, that's a cool visual representation. I haven't really thought about it much, but I, I don't know if it's going to become like a crucial plot point. Right. But I do think it's a very cool visual. I think it's great for um, visual storytelling and doing something interesting rather than just red streams all the time. I think that's really cool. Yeah, what, what red red wiggly woos or yeah. whatever? Uh, yeah, that's what uh, Pietro called him. Yeah. Um, so the book in the dungeon, in the basement, the Necronomicon. Yeah, I mean, do you have a? What do you? I mean, do you have an idea what the book is? I mean, and is it related to the missing book from the library in Doctor Strange? No, I saw that theory floated around. The more likely thing is, is it is the Necronomicon, okay. um, which Even there is actually there is actually a connection 
between the Necronomicon and Agatha Harkness and Wanda, the three of them together, um, which fits perfectly into where this show may be going. So that's what I think it is. Okay. Does anybody else have any thoughts on that? Oh, what is it? Can you can you tell us what it is? Yes, expound on Necro Comic Con, whatever. <laughs> the Necro Comic Con. Yes, uh, I would, but that that's a good name for a Comic Con. Yes, whenever we get our like Natchez a horror Con, theme Comic Con. It is trademark. It's a book, just very simply put, and into where we think this may be going, and we'll probably lead into the next subject. I think Andrew wanted to bring up. The Necronomicon is the book. It was an, in Agatha's possession, which that's where Wanda found out that she was what we call a Nexus being. That's what you need to know about it for the for the connection for this to this story. Okay, and that and that makes sense because um, I I think the the most popular theory is that it's the Dark Hole. Yes, I have I have heard the theory of it being the dark hole, but I don't I I think it I I think it's more likely it's probably the book I mentioned. I don't I, I'm tired of saying that word. That word's hard for me to say. <laughs> Necronomicon. That means Bruce Campbell's gonna show up, right? See, that's what I thought. I, yeah, no, I know. I also <laughs> I know. I'm also an Evil Dead fan. So but yeah. Same name, different book. Can't wait different to see universe. what Sam Raimi does with it and Doctor Ooh. Strange. True. They also <laughs> use that name for the book and the mummy, do they not? I don't remember. Can't remember. Pretty sure. But it's anyway. a good name. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make a cookbook called the Necronomicon. All right. So the the question <laughs> is one one thing we actually haven't addressed. What cooking is. I, I it's one. <laughs> It's one of the things that I always intend to bring up, and we always run out of time. We've had these commercials that have run through every episode where we, we have a commercial. Is that something that she's being fed by Agatha, or is that her subconscious? I don't know. I almost think they're just there for us. Because some of them connect to things we already know have happened in Wanda's past, that we've seen happen, the connection well, to Hydra. The you know the well the toaster um, the first one represented the the bomb that killed her family right and we so we've moved from the beginning of her story up to the present yeah like, like I think everything has come to the present at this point whether it be the the sitcom references or the themes and the the those commercials we've all we've moved up to the present now and all of that um. Right, we went through the Strucker watch because it was Baron Strucker that gave her her powers. Yeah. We kind of have seen her history played out in those ads. Right. Yeah. So do you think that they, because this just kind of goes back to the same question that we've been asking all along. Is it there as a nod to the comic books or is it there for a reason? And it seems like every time we think it's just a nod that it ends up being more important than we thought it was. Yeah. It is the fact that they mentioned Nexus important. Yes. Um, because the Nexus, what the Nexus actually is, is a dimensional gateway, um, which 
it's a it's a dimensional gateway. It's basically a way to travel between the different dimensions and around the multiverse. Um, and we already know the multiverse plays a huge part in phase four. Yeah. So a reference to the nexus is important because it, it has the connection of where we already know the MCU is going. Um, nexus beings. The nexus beings basically are responsible for or are largely responsible for sort of the cohesion of their respective universes. They are beings who would have the ability to impact the fate or destiny of the universe that they are a part of. Wanda is one of these beings. She can greatly affect the timeline of Earth 616, mm -hmm. the Marvel reality. Right. Um, just based on her power, she can, she, they, they all represent the actual character of their universe. Um, and you can also tell that background of the children because any child of a Nexus being would be extremely powerful and valuable to certain people. So, because I know there have been theories about all this just being about the kids. Um, so that, that can also tie into her being a Nexus being. And I do think that's where we're going. We've got the book. We've got the reference to the Nexus already. We know it's connected to the multiverse, which is where phase four is going this is ultimately where this story is going to wind up right. is her being revealed as one of these Nexus beings. I don't know. I did a very good job explaining it, <laughs> but good enough. that's what a Nexus being is. Okay. They, there is a character named lore. Oh, how do we get into this? There's a character named lore is one of these Nexus beings from another universe. This Star and we already finished our Star Trek retrospective. Now, well, this is a different lore. Okay. We, we, you know, this is just like this is a different Necronomicon. We're not talking about Evil Dead or something Star Trek. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Lore, Lore wanted to basically control the entire universe because if you kill, if a Nexus being kills another Nexus being from another universe, you absorb their power. You ever seen the movie One with Jet Li? Mm -hmm. Same thing. Um, and that played a storyline in one of Wanda's books also. I don't think we're going to get into that, but just to give you an example of the importance of it, but they are, like I said, they're just because of their abilities to control the fate of the universe they're assigned to, they're really responsible for kind of holding the whole thing together. And if one of them breaks down, you got problems. Okay. That would open up the door for a lot of characters we already know. Being what? that, like, wouldn't that mean Doctor Strange is it, or the, the, um, the Ancient One, or it's like, is it all magical beings, or could it just be somebody who's like has a good destiny? Like Iron Man had a doesn't great necessarily destiny. no, it doesn't necessarily have to be a magical being. Uh, actually, in the comics, one in one of the universes is actually that universe's version of Spider Man is considered that universe's nexus being. Oh, so wait, does every universe get one? 
Yes. Oh, okay, cool. So, okay, that's cool. That's cool. Spider-Man yeah. is the center of all reality <laughs> in my world. But it does seem like, I mean, we already knew this was going to connect to Doctor Strange and Spider-Man in some ways mm -hmm. going forward. But it seems now with the bringing up Nexus beings and all of this <laughs> stuff, interdimensional travel, Daniel, you all right? <laughs> I'm good. My camera had a tumble. It does seem like we're starting to tie maybe closer to other things like Ant-Man with the fact that Kang is showing up. And and so yeah, Kang, Kang is also a Nexus being, by the way. Right. Mm -hmm. So so that then that's what I'm saying. It, it really appears that this is this is literally I mean with each previous phase of the MCU, we've just gotten little pieces, but this one show seems to really be launching the entire phase. Yeah. Whenever they said that this is going to give a good uh, indication of where the MCU is heading, they were not kidding. No. Uh, I, I really thought they were like exaggerating. Mm -hmm. I really did, but no, it's, it's been huge. Yeah. It's been amazing. Do not oversell it. Now, they did kind of oversell whenever uh, Elizabeth Olsen said that there would be a uh, Luke Skywalker level cameo. There's still unless we haven't gotten it. Unless we haven't got and either we haven't gotten it or Elizabeth Olsen thinks the world of Quicksilver. <laughs> right. Unless unless she's just not a Star Wars fan and didn't realize how big of a deal Luke Skywalker yeah. showing up really was. I mean, Paul Bettany but said it was somebody he'd been wanting to work with for years. My bet, my guess is that this person has not shown up yet. Oh, I didn't know that Paul Bettany. don't think it was Evan Peters. I do not. No, I think it's Magneto. <laughs> Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. That would be pretty wild, to be honest. I don't care. I don't care if it makes or sense. Patrick I'll Stewart. See, I could. I'll see. Cool. I'll watch Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen in anything. Oh yeah, that's awesome. It's kind of like um, in Rise of Skywalker. Whenever you know they brought the Emperor back, and everybody was so mad. I was like, "But he's so cool." I didn't <laughs> care if it made sense for the don't. stories. I liked it. <laughs> don't. I will come on. I will come on CRU just to argue. With you about that. <laughs> don't do that. That was terrible. Anyway. All right, so before we wrap up, uh, I guess I'll leave you with this question. Does anybody have a guess? I know, I think Marisha's already thrown hers out there. If we do still have this huge cameo coming up, who do you think it is? I mean, keep in mind, this cameo could be the could be a good guy or a villain. It could be somebody playing Mephisto. It could be John Krasinski as Reed Richards. I mean, everybody's saying that, but you know, I don't, I don't know why they would do that. I don't know why they would introduce, like, th choose this to introduce Fantastic Four when there's already so much going on. I mean, um, but you don't have to. You just introduce the character. And you know, he's not even, you know, right. he doesn't even have to be Mr. Fantastic yet. You're just you know, introducing the there. I agree with David, though. You don't reveal anything about Fantastic yeah. Four like this. They get their own. Yeah. Here's the thing, yeah, though. They get their own Every fan Marvel fan. property until Fantastic Four comes out is probably going to have rumors of, oh, is John Krasinski showing up in this? Right. So, which, by the way, I tweeted about it. I want people to stop doing it. 
I keep seeing stuff like, oh man, John Krasinski showed up in WandaVision. And I'm like, what? And I click on it. It's just Randall, it's just Randall Park. <laughs> well, because Rand, you do get the joke, though, right? I, I know you get, get the, the joke. joke. I've, seen the, office. Office. I've seen the Office. And by the way, watching The Office, not a personality trait, despite what Twitter thinks. Uh, and personality Tinder. trait? Yeah. What? The amount of times that I've had to swipe left on Tinder because their, their, their bio is just an office quote. Like, it's not a personality trait, watching The Office. Anyway, I do get the joke. Randall Park played Asian Joe. <laughs> Which was hilarious, by the way. That's one of the funniest It was things. hilarious. It was one of the best things they've ever... Yeah. You're not Jim. Jim's not Asian. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, props right. you for anyway, we went off the rails. <laughs> we went. We went off the rails. All right, so, off the rails. so if you don't, who do you think it's going to be, David? Oh, I was so focused on the whole Randall Park thing. Uh, <laughs> I think it. I think it's probably going to be. I, you know, when I first heard that, I was thinking maybe like maybe Captain America sh- like shows up for a quick second, and I think you know they were talking about Steve uh, Chris Evans showing up again. Uh, Captain America is very important to Wanda. If there's an if there's a one character left they haven't shown who's actually important to Wanda, it's Captain America. Uh, I think he meant a lot to her. But Paul Bettany's already worked with him, so I didn't, but never mind. Uh, that's, that's kind of the thing. If that's what Paul Bettany yeah. said, that throws a lot of yeah. characters and, in the yeah. And then it's a it's a character, right? It, it's a level camera, so it has to be a character. So that leads me to think it's somebody from the Fox X-Men movies. And we've already seen Evan Peters, so it has to be somebody like maybe Patrick Stewart. I could see that being a real possibility. I think that he's still down to do that kind of stuff. He was in talks. If you he talked to Kevin Feige about it. Now they they did come out and say that they decided they need to move on, but like it's that's a real possibility in my opinion because I know Patrick Stewart, I bet he would love to do it. He showed up and played Picard again after 30 years. Like I think he would definitely play uh Professor X one more time. No, he's actually come out publicly that he's not I know. That's, he says I know he, he had done. The, he had the conversation with Kevin Feige about that, but I still think he could do a cameo. I think he'd be down for that. Yeah, it just kind of depends on what they really wanted us to take away from Evan Peters showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I, I think Evan Peters is who she, she was referring to. I really do. Hey, it could be. But I still think there's going to be, I mean, there's going to be something huge that we, we don't know about yet in these last two episodes. So, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Who knows? But um, anybody have any thoughts before we wrap it up for the night? Uh, keep your eye out for my new cookbook in Barnes & Noble. The ne- Necronomicon? The Necronomicon. <laughs> How to cook dead things. Which is uh, everything you've ever cooked has been dead. Uh, when you think about it, so uh, wait a minute before we go any farther than that, just because David, yeah, I do know that actually you do love to cook. You're not you. Do you really have a cookbook coming out? Because sometimes it's hard to tell with you. <laughs> no, no, just the notes app on my. Unless you count the notes app on my phone with all the okay. recipes I've made. No, but that's right. a great idea. I'm just checking. I'm just that's checking. A great from, idea. You know, you're liable to do anything. so That's true. I should get to work on that. Yeah, might as well. Do it now while you got the time. All right. Science Dictionary Cookbook. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for tonight. Um, until next week, Marisha, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter. I am P Padawans and I am princesses underscore and underscore Padawans on Instagram. Okay. And Daniel? I am Dan C. Peeps on Twitter. And David. And I'm on Twitter at David underscore JG Peoples. All right. And find me at the at Sci underscore Fictionary on Twitter. You can drop me a line at the Science Fictionary at gmail.com. And as always, check out Red5. I'm sorry. Check out Red5Network.com for our podcast as well as the rest of the Red5 Podcast family. And until next time, may the force be with you.